God, you think you're so cool because you're good at sports. I can bowl. (laughs) (laughs) My boyfriend's good at boxing occasionally when it's an inanimate object he's fighting. (laughs) Or a bear. Or a bear. Welcome, everyone, to another very special episode of Quest Friends. For once, Kyle is not with us, and I'm definitely not panicking about all this newfound responsibility, even though I've run games in the past before. But that's fine. We're all here. Everything's great. And we are playing a new game today, Uneasy Lies Behead by Adam Bell. You can buy this game over on itch.io, and I would definitely recommend checking it out because... I personally like it a lot, and I'm hoping that my friends do as well, but we'll see how that goes. To start with, I'm just going to flip through my nightmare of screens. Oh god, this is going to be an absolute disaster. You have nobody to blame but yourself, Tom. (laughs) Well, I have Kyle to blame but myself, (laughs) because if I wasn't sharing my Zoom screen, this would be easy to switch between screens. I'm struggling to get out of Zoom is the problem. (laughs) You're forever trapped in the Zoom zone. (laughs) But to go over this game, cutting away back to what people will actually hear, this game is kind of a fusion between role-playing games and board games. I've also seen some comments that said it's kind of like LARPing, but I have no experience with that practically (laughs) because we didn't get to do it that one year because it was fucking closed. Oh, yeah. So I, I can't speak to that. However, this is a game about courtly intrigue. We will all be playing members of a political court with playbooks that represent sweeping roles like monarch, the general, the head of the faith, those sorts of things. This is setting agnostic. The rulebook itself actually comes with six different scenarios that all show off very different situations with actual kingdoms, pirate ships, science fiction, fantasy, all sorts of things. We are actually using scenario number three. A mysterious missing gym teacher, which means we are going to be doing this in a high school setting. To start with, in case you are a new listener, since we are in between major campaign arcs, I think we should go around, introduce ourselves, and our main characters. We'll we'll get into the minor character stuff later. There's no game master, so we will all be playing characters equally in this game, even though I'll sort of facilitate and teach people how to play as we go. To start with, I am Tom. He, him. Today, I will be playing Mercy O'Shaughnessy, who uses she, her pronouns. Uh, Let's start by going over our playbooks, actually. That'll be the easiest thing. I am playing the Seneschal. So I am the advisor of the court and represent the head of the nobility. In this case, that means I am the student council president of our school. Mercy is kind of drab. She's got straight black hair about shoulder length wears like glasses with very thick rims and has this sort of like, the school doesn't require a uniform, but she looks as if she's wearing like a school uniform anyway, because she's that uptight about dressing nice. I'm Ari, she, her. 
And I'll be playing Robin Rivera, who is also she, her. I am the general. In this game, what that means is that I am the leader of a sports team, in this case, the soccer team of the school. Robin has dark auburn hair that's short, also kind of like shoulder length also, and it's usually in a ponytail, but it's so messy that it just looks like a little poof in the back when she has the ponytail on. She always has like the sports uniform or otherwise some sort of soccer related thing as a t-shirt or something like that. And I don't know, she has a lot of freckles as well. I'm Hallie, my pronouns are she, her, and I will be playing Regan Laperriere, who is also she, her. I'm using the Monarch playbook, which means I am, as you can probably guess, the head honcho. In this scenario, the senior class president. Reagan dresses in what you might call like glamour prep. Think of like Cher from Clueless. A lot of like the skirts and the jackets that match and her hair is always like straight but flippy and like blown out immaculately. But in recent months, she has definitely been wearing ponytails a lot more than like well-styled hair. And sometimes she even comes to school in sweatpants. So she's been slipping a little bit as senior <laughs> year continues. But on the whole, on the whole, at least still preppy. She does a headband from time to time when she does the ponytail. I'm Emily. My pronouns are she and they, which is the first time I get to say that on a recording. <laughs> and I'm playing Edgar Norman Smith. He, him. I'm playing the entertainer and... In this case, it is the head of the poetry club at school. Edgar, no, I didn't just look down to check if I had his <laughs> name right. Your own character, this is fine. It's a joke on Edgar, it's fine. Edgar, wish it was, wish wish it was, was Ellen. Ellen. Poe. Yes. Edgar dresses in the dark academia <laughs> aesthetic and... I learned that it, that is also sort of aesthetics are also a lifestyle. So he very much goes for that whole lifestyle. He carries like an old leather messenger bag and like hunches his shoulders to try to look brooding. I am picturing Daniel Dankowski. <laughs> Probably. It's, it's, it's the bag that really sells it. <laughs> I think this has killed Hallie already. <laughs> I regret this. You've played yourself. <laughs> I have. And we haven't even begun the game. Shut up, Tom. <laughs> I know what I'm about. So let's get into our scenario. A mysterious missing gym teacher. Chaos erupts throughout the halls of Tempest High School. Mrs. Clark was blowing the whistle to call out some foul play during three-zone, end-zone dodgeball when she disappeared in a puff of smoke. Principal Federinko makes an announcement to the school that external authorities have forbidden anyone from entering or leaving the high school until a specialized team can investigate this mysterious disappearance. He and the other teachers are now holed up in the teacher's lounge, trying to establish a plan of action. In the meantime, the students are looking to the senior class president for leadership. Now, each scenario has a few questions that are asked to each of the playbooks to get you into the setting. So let's start here with the monarch. Hallie, as senior class president, what do you do to rally the underclassmen behind your leadership? Um, 
I think in this situation, I'd probably just do like some kind of PA announcement, like a really generic political one that's about unity and how we should all stick together and like it'll be fine in a few hours. Just think of this as like you're staying late for drama club or whatever it is you nerds do. <laughs> is that exactly how she phrases it? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> like Reagan's out of here really soon. She's a senior. The amount of fucks that she gives is dwindling by the hour. Perfect. Uh, moving on to myself, I guess, Basenishal. As president of the student council, how are you applying the council's resources and influence after Mrs. Clark's disappearance? Are you supporting the monarch? So the very first thing Mercy is getting down to is that she's doing a roll call of every student in the school. She wants to do a head check to make sure that nobody else has disappeared. And also just be seen, like, making sure that people know student council's looking out for them. That, like, anyone who needs anything, come speak to a member of a student council and we'll get it for you. Like, any dietary restrictions, if there's any medicine you need, yeah, come see us. We, we'll, we've got it for you. Okay. <laughs> President, someone's trying too hard. <laughs> Moving on to Ari. As captain of the most respected sports team in the school, which I believe was the soccer team for uh, for this campus. It is. What was it called again? The Chitterbats? The Chitterbats. <laughs> the Tempest Chitterbats. Amazing. As captain of the most respected sports team in the school, how have you and your fellow athletes taken action during this crisis? I think we also have been making sure that people are in top shape for whatever is needed. So just, you know, making sure that people are making a proper exercise and stuff like that so that they are just not just cramping and stuff in those really hard chairs in the school if they're bored. Just do a little, you know, jumping jacks and stuff. All right. And finally, Emily. As the head of the school's slam poetry club, what have you been doing to keep spirits high among the students at the onset of the crisis? I have been going around with my teammates, making up poetry about how they need to keep heart and be brave, and it's very helpful. <laughs> All right. The next step is we need to determine our characters' starting relationships with one another. Let's start with the monarch, because that's the playbook I'm staring at right now. Okay. <laughs> Who has been the most loyal to your throne? Um, regardless of whether this is actually true or not, and what's on Mercy's agenda, she's really good at her job, and if she's really good at her job, she must support me doing my job as senior class president. So I'm gonna put Mercy in that first slot. Perfect. Who has impeded your rule the most? Oh, man. You know, I just can't tell sometimes if Edgar's poems are meant to be like, tear down the power, or if they're just bad. So I can't quite figure out if Edgar is just sulky, or if he's upset at something I, as senior class president, have done. The problem is the establishment, but also everyone else. Yeah, he says stuff like that all the time. And finally... Who was your childhood friend turned rival? It's not my fault I'm not as good at soccer as I once was, Robin. <laughs> God, you think you're so cool because you're good at sports. I can bowl. <laughs> <laughs> my boyfriend's good at boxing occasionally when it's an inanimate object he's fighting. <laughs> or a bear. <laughs> or a bear. <laughs> <laughs> 
I appreciate that our winning strategy is just going to be to incapacitate Hallie <laughs> with random references of puns. Except she incapacitated herself. Yeah. She comes up with the yeah. idea and then just dies. <laughs> I have yeah. done that myself. It's true. <laughs> also, but since we are in this train, would you also call Edgar Edgar never ever? I was saving that, Ari! I was saving it! I was saving that for a cutting insult at some point in the game! your joke you ruined the only thing i had up my sleeve you ruined the only thing for me well i'm putting antagonistic times two next to robin oh my god times two (laughs) all right so you had one alliance with me one animosity with emily and then one alliance and animosity with robin okay yeah perfect entertainer you're the next playbook on the list here who has paid you to be sung about in a positive alliance I may have been paid by some of the sports teams or different teams to, like, write them hype poems. It always degraded after that because they were never very good, but... Maybe, like, like the chant, you know, how some... Like, yeah. I'm just thinking, like, high school musicals, like, wildcats everywhere yeah. and stuff like that, and you just wrote the chants. You can write the chitter bats some dope <laughs> chitter raps. <laughs> this is going to be the entire night. Oh, <laughs> but yes. All right. One alliance with Robin. Next, who has attempted to have you silenced for a contemptible song? Well, let's see. We've got, what's the third one? Uh, the third one is, who have you sung about the most truthfully? That's the plus one to each. Okay. I feel like someone is very concerned about keeping with the status quo and doing just a really good job in our student government. So I think that Mercy would be the one to be like, stop saying rude things. Yes, yes, I embrace this. (laughs) I've definitely tried to have you silenced. (laughs) But in the most passive-aggressive way possible, like, oh, you know, it's it just seems that you haven't really filled out this form correctly for funding for this year. Your club could be canceled if you don't get this turned in in time. Once the deadline? Oh, it's in uh, 15 minutes. Please make sure you have everyone sign it. We have two members. <laughs> that was how I was foiled. Mercy just assumed you were an actual club. And that means you've sung about our monarch, Reagan, most truthfully. Oh, I've been very truthful. <laughs> and yet I still can't figure out what you mean. Because <laughs> that was what I wrote next to animosity? I don't know. Well, what does it mean when someone writes very flowery poetry about how sometimes you come to school in sweatpants (laughs) and what does that tell us about the leadership? Is that perhaps a strength? They're fashionable sweatpants. (laughs) (laughs) Popping down to the general playbook. Ari, who helped you get your generalship? I'm I'm torn because... Uh, like, I, I've been thinking either of giving it to Hallie's character or to yours, but I think I'm going to give it to Hallie's because Robin would be like, you know, I started playing soccer with Reagan when we were little and she really gave me the passion of playing soccer. And really, I know she stopped playing it, but it's just because she's kind of on a phase, but she's going to come back to it. But I couldn't be where I'm at <laughs> if it wasn't because of her and her, you know, childhood experiences with soccer. So anyways, it's her. It's Reagan. 
You're so nice. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's very chipper and like, go team. And God. all right, so you can mark one alliance with Reagan while you're getting that noted. Uh, who have you tried to arrest in the past? <laughs> Which we can we can interpret that loosely because you're not literally a captain of the guard. You're under arrest. Well, I have an idea. Rather than try to arrest, what happens is that I feel like Edgar sometimes just walks across the soccer field in the middle of a game, just trying to like <laughs> write a poem or just thinking about their next art piece or whatever. And so Robin has been trying to be like, hey, it's we're in the middle of a game, we're gonna get hurt, get away from here. But then it's has been misinterpreted as like arresting, even though it's just <laughs> taking them away from the soccer field. Get off our field. Get off our field in the middle of our game. You're gonna get hurt. The stars are bright tonight. I thought you were going to say, oh, the team just like kicked Edgar with soccer balls. Oh my god. <gasps> no. I mean, maybe accidentally sometimes, but it was never on purpose. Edgar channels his pain into his poetry. It was definitely on purpose now. All right, so you can mark one animosity with Edgar then. Okay, and then. And then finally. Who will back you up in a fight and then start one with you the next day? See, I, I was torn because at first I was like, Hallie's fits there with a childhood friend turned rival. But I also think with Mercy, because by how you have described her, she sounds like that very passive aggressive council member, which is like, oh yeah, I can help you with this thing. And sometimes she does, but sometimes she's just passive aggressively not helping at all and like actually blocking things from happening. And so it's this really weird relationship with her. This feels extremely accurate. So you can take <laughs> one of both with me. Perfect. And that brings me down to myself. Who do I reserve my best advice for? Ooh, ooh, that's, that's a good question. Not me, since you tell me right before things are due. <laughs> I mean, the advice was just hmm. do it better next time. That's pretty good advice. Hmm. How dare you? <laughs> this is why I have one animosity with you and one alliance. <laughs> Thinking about all three of them here, I'm going to give this one to our monarch, Reagan. I'm going to take one alliance with her. Really? But I have indeed given my best advice to our monarch, as as anyone should. I, I should be supporting the senior class president to the best of my ability. Gotta learn how to do her job when you take it. <laughs> really hard, okay? Uh, who is jealous really of your appointment to the court? I'm going to say it's Edgar. Not because Edgar necessarily wanted to be on student council, but because Edgar really wanted like the time slot that I use for student council business <laughs> as like an opportunity to like share poetry with the whole school and the like attention student council gets takes away attention from other things like the fine arts. Yeah, it's true. It's really rude. And finally, who most often agrees on which issues are important, but not on the solution? I'm giving this one to Robin. <laughs> yeah, that's accurate. And that was what decided all the others for me, was I feel like Robin and Mercy would both be like, this is a huge problem, but have wildly different reactions to how that needs to be fixed. I feel like that that also ties in on the fight with you, but also fight against you. Yes, I, I like it a lot. All right, so we have set up our initial relationships. Let me pop back over to our game setup because we are just about done. Um, beyond that, doo -doo -doo -doo, that's right, we get to introduce our minor characters. So in order to expand the cast, 
Each of us came up with a minor character who is someone important to the main characters we play as. And then a different player plays that minor character so that we're not talking to ourselves if we're ever conferring with them. So now we get to go around and introduce those minor characters briefly. I'm going to start. Mercy's main lackey is Roger Dodger. He's a, um, a short sophomore who is part of a new school newspaper. And just because fuck yeah, why not go all the way? He wears a newsboy cap. <laughs> he thinks it looks really cool. He's got this like hipster twee vibe going on. And he's just, you know, always running around places trying to snoop things out. And Emily, were you playing Roger Dodger? I suddenly forget. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Emily will be playing <laughs> Roger Dodger. Uh, who wants to go next? I can go next. My character is Bruce Shane. He is a junior that has been playing as the mascot of the soccer team, the Cheater Bats. So he is almost always in the bat costume because he also likes wearing it and he feels that that's his top area of expertise. So that's what... Oh, sorry. Pronouns are he, them. Yes, and and Rogers are, are he, him. And I will be playing Bruce Shane, this terrible bat mascot. <laughs> My minor character is my hot jock boyfriend, Freddy Knickerbockers. And when I say jock, I mean more like well-groomed nerd because he's also in the AV club. He just also boxes. He's a well-rounded man (laughs) who would support me through any and all mistakes I may make. (laughs) Slash spontaneous journeys halfway across the world, a la Ned Nickerson slash Freddy Jones. Uh, <laughs> and then Ari. Oh yeah, I will be playing Freddy Knickerbockers. He him pronouns, right? He him, yes. Freddy is he him. And then my lackey is Andy Morgan Shelley, who is the only other person in the poetry club. And so is the treasurer, but also all the other executive board members as well. And because Hallie is playing Andy, Andy is now a cowboy, question mark? Okay, okay, because Andy's name is Andy Morgan Shelley, Andy is now a cowboy. There were two factors going into Andy is now a cowboy. (laughs) And Andy is he, them, or no, they, them. They, them. They, them, yes, okay. Alrighty, so those are our minor characters to beef out our cast. Now we get to the best part. This is my favorite mechanic of the entire thing. Each of us is going to write a secret goal for another player, and that will be like their main goal that they're trying to achieve over the course of the game. It says, pass it to the person on your left. I'm using how Zoom has displayed it on my end. So I'll write a goal for Ari. Ari will write a goal for Hallie. Hallie will write a goal for Emily. Emily will write a goal for me. And now... We go in the opposite direction and we pass a rumor about the secret goal that we just wrote for someone. It does not have to be true. So it's a rumor about the goal of the other student? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the goal that you just wrote for Hallie, you would think of a rumor about it and give that to me. Okay. God, this is this is hard. So this is very specific. <laughs> yeah. it, it is very specific, but it's also my favorite fucking thing about this game is that we're just passing these secret notes about what the fuck is everyone trying to do. Yeah, it because the rumor will hopefully give almost no context to what the thing actually is. I just I just saw that Emily had tacked what a jerk onto the end of my <laughs> secret goal. 
Awesome. All right. We did we did we all pass our rumors around? Yes. Yeah. All right. So now the game is mo Let me start over again. Words just completely left my brain. <laughs> Everybody, welcome to the announcement break. This time featuring me, Tom. Hope everyone is enjoying the game thus far. As a quick reminder, our theme song is Liquid Nights and Disco Lights by Miracle of Sound. We also have an NPC shout out today. Uh, this is a perk anyone subscribed at the $5 level or above can get on our Patreon. Ari actually claimed this reward on the backer's behalf because he never claimed it himself. Take us away, Kyle. This is Jimmy Wynn of the Speedy Speed Boys, here to congratulate Dr. Peter Wynn on getting his doctorate. Dr. Peter's thesis was about snails. And while snails aren't as fast as the Speedy Speed Boys, they never give up, and that's what matters. Plus, his snails are venomous, and that's pretty cool, but also pretty dangerous. Which is why, if you're around them, you should make sure you have a doctor around. Like Dr. Peter Wynn! Congratulations again! Quest Friends also has a merch store now. We are selling mugs, sweatshirts, and t-shirts over at tpublic.com. There is also a link below in the description. And my sources are advising me that Kyle has actually made a trailer for our store. So once again, take it away, Kyle. Ah, the holidays. A time for friendship and family, and for many of us, gift-giving. And while the festive season might be a little bit off yet, with the state of our supply chain this year, if you're going to get a gift for someone, you need to get it now. Like, now. Honestly, you probably should have gotten it like a few weeks- NOW! GO! Ah! Luckily, if like me you're now frantically searching for Christmas gifts, Quest Friends has got your back. Because we have just opened a merch store on tpublic.com. We've got Nest shirts, we've got Hopper shirts, we've got other Hopper shirts. And if your response to all of this is no, well we've got a shirt for that too. What better way than to cozy up by the campfire in a giant hoodie of a man insisting that he knows how numbers work. And if shirts aren't your thing, we've also got mugs. We've got regular mugs. We've got travel mugs. Those are the only two kinds of mugs we have, but they're the only two we need because they're so damn effective. Why not enjoy a meal with a mug from everyone's favorite cooking assistant, Salad Raptor? Or, you know, just take our logo and drink things from it in, in a mug. Because we have mugs in addition to our shirts. In all seriousness, we've wanted to make merch for a while because it's fun to have those physical reminders of our show's characters, moments, and jokes. So if this is something that interests you, check out tpublic.com or just check the description below. We'd really like to make more merch, but we gotta check and see if this is something that folks would be interested in first. So check it out, and if one of the designs interests you, maybe add it to your cart. Finally, 
Uneasy Lies Ahead with Tom, Part 2, releases on Monday, December 6th. Each of us has a color of tokens. There are five set out here, and we use these tokens both to take turns and to do actions. I want to take purple because I like that color. God damn Damn it. it. Okay. Do you all want purple, you fuckers? I'll give you purple if you want. No. I've openly shown which one is my favorite color in last season's podcast. Whatever. Well, it's my favorite color, too. I didn't know that. Is oh. it all of our favorite colors? No, I just liked the purple tokens. <laughs> no, it's fine. I can I can have green. You don't want red? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about it and I was like, no, I'm not going to say that I want red. I'll take red. Like the angsty tears of blood I cry at my own poetry. Uh, I want pink. Okay. So at the start of each round, we choose to put a certain number of our tokens into the bag. We shuffle it around, and then each turn, we draw a token from the bag, and whoever's color token is drawn, they get to take their turn, which means that player sets the next scene. Basically, you get to decide what the story is focusing on right now. And tokens are also what you spend to do actions, if you ever do use a move. Whenever you make a move, you'll need to roll dice to see if you succeed, and you add dice to your roll by spending tokens. The player who is making a move, it's always one for one. You spend one token, you add one die to roll. And then other players, it may potentially cost you more depending on how good your relationship is with a character. You have to be careful because you only have a certain number of tokens per round, and once you run out, your character can still do things, like you can still interact in scenes, but you don't have power to get things done mechanically. But what you're saying is that you picked a system where there are things we can hoard. Yeah, what if I never want to use any of my tokens? Uh, well, the game will move pretty quickly in that case, but also the game will punish you, because at the end of a round, any tokens that are sitting in your active pool go to your spent pool if you didn't use them. Ooh. Oh. Oh. But to start with, I'm going to put all the shit in the bag. Fuck you, get in that bag. How dare you slide off of it. Anyway. You all have nine tokens. How many do you want to put into the bag for this first round? Uh, Is putting five too much? No, that makes perfect sense to me. Like, we're also dealing with smaller numbers than normal because I cut down on tokens to make sure the game would not go too long because, oh my god, we're already, like, over an hour in (laughs) and we already did some of the prep ahead of time. Ah. All right, how many tokens does everyone else want to stick in? I'm going to put four in. Four. I think four. All right. I was waffling between four and five, but then it didn't want to copy Ari. So I said four, and then it looked like it was copying Tom. So now I shake this bag to shuffle it. I'm really fond of tabletop simulator getting back into it. It's very fun. (laughs) Give it a little shake. Yeah, it's cute. Oh, right. I was going to leave one of my tokens out to like make myself go first, but we're just going to assume I was going to put in five instead. And here it is, my first token. 
As a reminder, the teachers are all holed up in the teacher's lounge. The gym is off limits. No one is allowed to leave the school per the authorities. So our first scene, I'm going to make a new location for. I'm going to say it is the like school theater area, which is like a smaller, shittier gym, essentially, because we can't use our normal gymatorium because it's <laughs> sealed off. A meeting has been called for all of the students in the theater room. And I'm going to say that all four of our main characters are present here. My idea is that this is like backstage before anyone goes out in front of the students. And I'm assuming the four of us just happen to be here as a matter of being people who know things. Well connected. And Mercy is just pacing back and forth nervously, like twiddling like a piece of hair in between her fingers. Like, oh no, no, this won't do at all. Madam President. We simply have to let people know that things are going to be okay. I've just been speaking to a lot of students, and I'm not really sure the student body feels safe right now. And very understandably. Oh, did they not hear the PA announcement that went on earlier? Because I can't do anything about that if they didn't. I believe everyone has heard the PA announcement, but I think we just need to be making a stronger show of leadership here. For some reason, I just was not able to convince any of the faculty to come out, even though I asked very politely. Maybe it's because they're busy doing important things. Oh, I hadn't realized you were invited to this, Edgar. I wasn't. I'm never invited. But I'm always here. Look, I'm just saying that we just don't know how long we're going to be stuck here or what all of this is going to entail. So we just need to be sure that we stay on top of situations before they develop. I just want to make sure that we're keeping tabs on everyone um if i can maybe interject here hi uh i I think reagan did a wonderful speech over the speaker but i also have some sort of you know influence at least with my teammates so if you want another person to maybe give a a short speech about it to you know pep the morale and everything like i do at the pep rallies i can make sure to do that too you know solve the situation together in teamwork style Oh, well, uh, I mean, if we're volunteering to perform for the entire student body, you know, this is something that I have been pushing for for a long time. No one wants to see that, Edgar. Not right now. Wow! Maybe you can try and write another song like you do for our team spirit song. They have been good most of the time and we have to rewrite them a little bit sometimes but they're usually pretty good maybe you can you can think about you know writing one really quick you have watered down my artistic integrity every single time i fear we may be drifting a little bit off course here i personally think robin's suggestion is a strong one we want to make sure that we're making a display of unity but all of the clubs and the student body is in harmony on this that there are no problems I just want to point out that's exactly what I said over oh, the PA of, of earlier. Co- of course, Madam President. So... But also, we may need to set some ground rules for the students to make sure that nobody is getting where they shouldn't be. So I think that maybe if we all just go out there and propose some, you know, informal rules that everyone will have to follow for the duration of this crisis, such as students will need express authority from... One of the top-ranking clubs in order to access certain areas of the school. I think that could be a really great solution to, you know, 
stopping problems before they happen. Wouldn't that get in the way of teamwork, though, if we already get some students in charge of blocking access to other students? I feel like we should work together, not against each other. Of course. Working together to make sure that nobody sneaks in where they shouldn't be. We don't want students getting hurt, going into the gym, or trying to break into the offices and cause some mischief with school records. Uh, well, I, I personally think there should be some sort of clue as to what's going on in the gym, so I wouldn't personally be opposed to going there and look at some stuff. That's why I think blocking axes might not be the best idea. Well, look, what areas were you thinking of blocking off? Because I agree we can't just have people running all over, not with the situation as it is. I mean, we don't know what happened to the gym teacher, you know? So we don't know what's going to happen to anybody else who's running around. But uh, but what? where were you thinking, Mercy? Well, for now, I was thinking, what if we make sure that, we reiterate, no one can go to the gym, no one can access the sports equipment rooms nearby, we don't want people going out onto the grounds because we don't want people sneaking away from the school. And then we don't want anyone approaching the administrative offices. Those areas specifically seem like the places that we should be keeping tabs on. And I think our clubs are the most organized. She gives some side eye to Edgar. <laughs> the most organized with which to do such a thing. What? Yeah, Edgar, can you stop your friend uh, Andy from doing any of that? <laughs> I feel like that was maybe a dig, but... Also, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this may not work as we planned, Mercy. What were you saying, Robin? Oh, well, I was saying that uh, me and my team could be in charge of guarding the gym if we're volunteering for guarding certain areas. Well, I don't... I... Uh, I was... I... Well, why should you guard the gym? Because she's on the soccer team. She's there all the time. Yeah, I know that area pretty well. Well, I, I, I know, but I was just thinking that maybe, you know, if we're all going to be branching out and growing into our own in the fiery furnace pressure of the crisis that we are in, poetry, <laughs> then maybe we should branch out from our respective areas of expertise personally i think that robin should be nowhere near the gym for no reason uh, in particular and i should be there well that's a rather suspicious thing to say edgar but i think we're getting a little bit off topic and i'm actually going to cut in to do something mechanical because whoa. this debate should be resolved by a move and i'm going to use a basic move here propose a law there are two concepts that we are going to be adding things to over the course of the game, and those are laws and public opinions. Laws are, as it seems, the things that we set up as rules as the members of the student body. And if people infract upon those, some characters have the power to arrest people over them. <laughs> How we choose to flavor this in-game is up to us. It's a crisis situation, so who knows what may happen. But the monarch in particular has moves related to, like, what happens when people don't follow the laws and how the laws get made. The other is public opinions. That just shows what's going on in the student body, which very much exists and may overthrow us if we aren't careful. And so this is one of our basic moves. I'm just trying to read the description out here. Oh, sorry. It's called Propose a Decree. When you navigate the movements of a court and advise a new policy, describe the law you want to enact and roll. 
On a success, the law goes into place, but the monarch gets to add an addendum to it, a simple phrase with a but or and. And on a failure, the monarch gets plus one animosity on you for trying to step on their toes. <laughs> so it's a bit dangerous, but you know, I'll see how this goes. The law that Mercy is describing would be phrased in our law book, because I've got a little section in Tabletop Simulator where I can actually write in the laws of public opinions. It would be phrased as the ruling student clubs would restrict access to the gym, equipment rooms, grounds, and administrative offices to the general student body. And so because I have made a move, all of us as players out of character need to vote whether we would like my law to succeed or fail. Mm -hmm. So uh, on the count of three, we will either do a thumbs up or thumbs down. Okay. Three, two, one. All right. All right. <laughs> So that's one. It's because I'm not one of those clubs. Uh, <laughs> technically, technically, you are. I mean, I would. The way that I'm flavoring it is nobody cares enough to tell them no. Okay, never mind. I know you you want to change your vote, but I'm going to keep that as a no just for a teaching moment. Uh, the number of votes no plus one is the difficulty for the roll. So this would be difficulty two, and that means when we roll dice, we need at least two unique numbers. So the numbers we roll don't matter, low or high. We just need to have unique numbers. Okay. This is so weird. This is very complicated, but I like it doesn't matter if they're low or high. That makes me happy. Yeah, Hallie really likes that. I've just made Hallie's fucking day. You fucking have. Can't wait to roll some mother some dice. I was in a bad swear. Just roll some fucking dice. Congrats to me. So then... Any players who voted yes can contribute dice to succeed. And then any players who voted no can contribute dice to make it fail. And basically, if there's an opposing die and it rolls a number, it cancels out that number from the helping dice. So the bad dice cancel out the good dice. And then if there are enough unique numbers left over, it succeeds. Otherwise, it fails. Does anyone else want to contribute a die? Yeah, I can contribute to succeed. I want to spend a token to try to make you fail. <laughs> All right, so that's an evil die. Do you want to roll a die yourself or do you want me to roll that die in-game? Uh, you can go ahead and roll it. I'm, I'm rolling mine. Okay. I rolled a one. That's fine, that's good. But it doesn't matter. I rolled a five exactly. And then time to roll the opposing die. As long as it's not a five or a one, we succeed. All right, so the law passes and it goes into effect. What a waste. So who, I'm, right, I'm the only one in game, so I will draw and determine who is next. Hey, it's Emily. Oh, it's me. Oh, no. <laughs> so you get to set a scene. Um, Soonish after we have not all split off yet, but I am very comfortable because we are in my domain, the poetry hallway. <laughs> walking down it to get to actual places. God. What? Oh, nothing. That that feels like something to me. It feels like the fiery pit of uh, rage lava in my stomach will burst forth like a phoenix. Uh, rage lava? I want to know why you said God isn't about my hallway. 
Like most hallways in the school, I don't have a particular opinion about it. You know this is the poetry hallway. You know this is where we go to perform. And you, you said that in a very specific location. I do know all of those things. Although, I can't say that I've spent a great deal of time here. I'm very busy with student council work. I don't have a lot of time between classes. Even after school, I'm often here quite late working on things. Sure you are. Like, we don't all have our own lives and... Oh, of course. ...loves. Naturally. We're all busy, Mercy. Mm-hmm. I'm busy with important things, too, you know. Mm-hmm. Why are you saying mm, like that? Oh, I'm agreeing with you. Isn't somebody gonna defend me? Oh, well, I'll defend you, Edgar, Andy says, striding up the hallway. <sighs> Andy, Morgan, Shelley, thank you for joining me, fellow poet. Uh, you I, I kind of like this hallway. You know, I've, I've gotten fond of it. See? Look, I apologize. I wasn't meaning to take up any more of your time. We all have quite a bit we should try to get done, you know, while we wait for the authorities to get here. Yeah, so I'll head off to the gym. Come on, Andy. Uh, oh, why, why, why are we- well, We'll go to the gym. Why are we going there? Yeah. To branch out can, well, in just, a crisis. I, well, I have an idea. Why don't you branch out to a different hallway and you take care of that? I think that that would be a better uh, way for you to branch out. Or maybe you could you could do the hallway well, uh, because that would be branching out for you and the gym would be branching out for me, right, Andy? Oh, well, I, 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 your logic is sound, but I, I My logic is sound, thank you, Andy. Like this hallway. I admit, I'm a little curious about everyone's preoccupation with the gym. I understand it's very scary and exciting, what may or may not have happened in there, but we were told to stay out of there for a reason. Why are you all so, so keen to guard it? Well, for me, it's just that, you know, that's my turf, and I think that people would listen more to me if I tell them to stay out of it, since I basically live there. So I, I think that it's just better if me and my and my soccer team just, you know, guard it and tell people to stay out of it. People would listen to me more, I think. Maybe they would push past Edgar. No offense, it's... Uh, 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 uh. I didn't mean anything by it, it's just, you know, they might just... <laughs> I must admit that's a rather compelling argument. Reagan, who has been there but staring out like a window in the hallway, suddenly turns around and snaps. Which I have never been able to do, but did just now, if it shows up on Good the recording. Job. Thank you, I'm really happy about that. I just picture Freddy showing up, and she's napping, like, thank you, Cole. <laughs> oh, not now, I didn't mean you, babe. You can go over Oh, okay. There. Let me know if you need anything, though. I will, I'll, 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 I'll get you in a minute, okay? Okay, love you. <laughs> love you, too. Uh, All right, uh, Robin, yeah, I do think that it's best if you take the gym. Uh, Edgar, could you walk and talk with me for, like, a couple minutes? Uh, and then while we do that, Tom, I want to know, because this might not happen if this isn't possible, but um, I wanted to do Ask the People because I was going to bribe Edgar to tell me his own secret, but I just realized that that doesn't really work. Because <laughs> like, what the fuck? Maybe, maybe, maybe it might. Okay, so actually what Reagan's going to propose with Ask the People is, listen, Edgar, I can make it so you're in charge of the gym if you want. You just have to tell me why you want it. Wait. Here's the thing. 
I'm pretty sure only the person whose turn it is can do a move exactly. Oh, I'm sorry. We did decide that. Oh. So I think only Emily could do a move in this specific scene. Balls. Okay, we did discuss that, and I just forgot. But also, you don't have to use a move to just... You don't have to use a move. You can just flat out ask Edgar, I will let you do that if you tell me. You can just talk to people. You can just wheel and deal. Well, he wasn't answering Mercy, so I was like, maybe I have to, like, force it out of the PC. No, I just don't like Mercy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but, like... If Edgar refuses to tell you, then you might need to use a move to try and compel that information, either to, like, investigate or, like, interrogate. But beyond that, you can try to talk to people freely and learn what you want. Okay. Then in that case, I do everything the exact same, except that Hallie doesn't say, ask the people. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine that I would have pulled you aside a little bit. Mercy's probably trying to eavesdrop, but like Reagan is like- Just in the background looking over like, hmm. Yeah, like, but like I'm looking back every so often and like flipping my hair in like a power move type of a chill out, I've got this kind of a way. It's not super aggressive. It's just like, hold your horses. Edgar will hold up one finger and turn back to Andy. Andy Morgan Shelley, my poet compatriot. Will you please make Mercy stop eavesdropping? I would never. Now, since I have better things to do than uh, talk shop with you, Edgar, I'm going to be going to do work now and Mercy will exit stage right. <laughs> Robin will exit stage left to go to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> I solved your problem. Good job, Andy Morgan Shelley. I do my best. <laughs> and Edgar will turn back to Reagan. Well, I... I I was thinking about having you, like, promise me something in return for this information on top of it, because I think that you're very interested in this information, but honestly, I just kind of want to talk to somebody about it. So I was under my tree contemplating the meaning of life and how that relates to my poetry when I overheard some gossip. Hit me. Just don't tell anyone you heard it from me. It won't be hard. <laughs> I overheard that our mutual acquaintance, my one-time sponsor, may have dealt dodgily in the last soccer match. Apparently, there's evidence in the gym. And I think the reason that she's going back there is to cover it up. When did the soccer club sponsor the poetry club? Are you really focusing on that part? It was it was not official, so they can't. It's just, it's just that she never liked poetry, so I don't know why she's you know I don't know why she's got a she's got a I I don't I don't know what that's about. Oh, so you're not gonna slam us for like the treasury thing, <laughs> accepting outside <laughs> <laughs> dealings. I'm going to level with you. I don't know what drafting dodgily meant. <laughs> so you're going to have to be a little bit clearer. Not everything's a poem. <laughs> so that dodgy Roger guy. Oh, yeah, Roger Dodger. Yeah, that. Yeah. He said to someone else whose name I didn't bother to learn, or maybe they said to him, one of the two, basically, the soccer team cheated. A slow smile spreads across <laughs> Fagan's face. Now, I don't know if it's true, but I want to find out. 
And I also honestly kind of want to hang around the gym and like see what that does for my artistic aura because like some really heavy things have happened in there and I think that that maybe this will inspire a new work. Reagan starts tapping her foot while she considers her next move and she will say, give me five minutes and then she'll exit stage left. You didn't hear it from me. Never invited. Never, never, ever, never invited. <laughs> never, ever invited. Never, ever invited. <laughs> never, ever invited. <laughs> Have you ever, never been invited? I full Tally's joke. <laughs> Edgar, never, ever. I full Tally's joke. destroyed. <laughs> Maybe like post in the post credits of this episode just put every single time Hallie has died God. From- don't make that no <laughs> don't do that it would be too long for anybody to watch yeah I don't think Kyle would edit it in that way but he might take a few good ones no I forbid it well a fun fact that I don't know if you know is that my parents don't listen to the show but they watch the videos that Kyle posts so their whole and experience. so they'll tell me about Watching Hallie die and how, like, they will just sit and watch the videos and lose it. And they don't know any of the context, but they find them so so funny. funny. It's so funny. I'm glad that's my legacy (laughs) for these people I don't know at all. (laughs) They're very fond of you, Hallie. Great. (laughs) Great. Someone wants to watch your broadcast. Yeah, I can see. I don't. (laughs) Think I'm broadcasting on Steam, but let's make sure I'm not. <laughs> Am I broadcasting on Steam? Welcome to stream broadcasting. Okay, but I don't want to. At least this will make it easier to edit because we're having a lot of like silent things and technology. <laughs> Please no. All right. Well, will that make it easier to edit? <laughs> Doesn't it? Like, there's a lot of spaces that you just. I cut. mean, I enjoy gaps. I don't know if Kyle will enjoy it. Disaster child that I am. All right. <laughs> no, Kyle loves them. I'm pretty sure. No, I like pink. I had the choice between pink and blue. Oh, yeah. That's a nice magenta color, Hallie. Well, magenta is more of a purple. Are we? But yes, it is a lovely shade of pink. Are we doing this? I I hope Kyle makes a video out of, like, Hallie's (laughs) eyes widening when she realized that (laughs) she can't roll too poorly for this system. My parents will love that video. (laughs) Great. Even with all my best plans, we're still, like... It's nine o'clock almost, and we are a single <laughs> turn into the game. I am not surprised. Uh, I am also not surprised. Yeah, I fully expected this to look like... I, I don't know what we'll do. Kyle will kill me. Well, that's his problem. Anyway, fuck this game. I love it. 